Welcome to today's episode of Strategy and Sourdough. In today's episode, we'll talk about data and analytics. We've spent some time talking about various different topics, including the funnel approach to marketing, right? And today we want to really talk about how do you measure all of this stuff? And I thought a good starting point would be this more philosophical question around why to measure to begin with. And what do you think is the most, besides the obvious things of is something working or not, why measurement matters? Why does it matter so much? So we talked a lot about the funnel, right? The measurement makes the funnel tangible. It gives you enough information so that you can act on it. For me, the biggest value of measuring something is that you can tweak it and then can see how your changes create the impact that you want. So I think measurement also is on a spectrum of whether you are measuring for the short-term immediate impact or the long-term horizon that you have in mind. This is a topic that we've been debating a lot on whether you are investing for the long-term and building a brand versus whether you are trying to optimize a tactical point in the short term. So I think it's important to know the difference of what you are trying to measure and what you are trying to improve. But essentially, the whole point of measuring something is so that you can take action on it and improve it. Yeah, and the long-term versus short-term is really uh, important. And I often speak to different companies also on these three different avenues of measurement. So the first avenue that I talk about is measuring the commercial impact at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Because every company, every startup, depending on what industry you're in and what kinds of products and services you sell, the commercial impact is actually very, very different. And depending also on what stage your company is in, you may actually be looking for different commercial impacts. You, if you're very, very early on, you may actually not want to yet worry about maximizing profitability, for example. You may want to maximize the commercial impact for you and your company is actually much more about getting app downloads or getting monthly active users or whatever that may be. So measuring commercial impact is one thing. The second bit is just measuring marketing effectiveness to begin with. And that marketing effectiveness really comes to life, as you, as you mentioned, in making the funnel tangible. So measuring all the activities along the funnel and you know, seeing whether the activities that we have come up with are actually working or not. And then there's a third avenue, actually, that I call optimization metrics. And those are often the metrics that don't really matter from an overall marketing effectiveness perspective, per se. They may or may not have an, a direct commercial impact from a measuring perspective. But they're more about looking at the individual executions that we may run and seeing like something like a video completion rate or at what point people drop out of your videos and, and things like that help you actually come up with the rules for your industry, your business, your particular products and services on what type of content or what types of activations work. And overall success in marketing, in my opinion, comes as a result of measuring for all of those different things. This is a fantastic framework. I'm so stealing it. I love the terminology that you use to describe the stages. You talked about business impact, you talked about marketing effectiveness, and you talked about optimization metrics. I wanted to talk about this today in the context of building dashboards on how to measure, but now that you mentioned it, I'm pleased to see that it aligns really nicely with what I had in mind, because the problem I usually see in dashboards is data puke, pages and pages of data, and doesn't really tell you what exactly is happening. A better way that I have found in building dashboards is 
starting with the question of who is this for? Because different people in the company have different priorities. The CEO might want to get a high-level overview of what's happening in the business, which maps to the business impacts that you talked about. The salespeople and the other teams inside the organization might want to get a little bit more detail about how marketing is contributing to the overall business objectives. And that could be the second level, the marketing effectiveness measures. And the third level, which is where it gets really detailed, is for marketers to look at the optimization metrics. So I don't think there's one size fits all. And I think you need to have different metrics for different roles and functions within a team when it comes to measuring and analytics. I completely agree with that. And looking at the different audiences that your dashboards are built for, that's when we start looking at, okay, then what are the things that we want to measure within those dashboards, right? And Mm -hmm. there is nothing worse than receiving a hundred page report that's just data. And probably out of those hundred pages, maybe half of them will contain some stuff that is very, very useful for you. And I think the most important thing is working hard to distill the measurement of the activities to what actually really, really matters. Mm-hmm. So I, I alluded to this a little bit on the business impact metrics already. So what is your current state of your business? And as we talk to startups, again, in the very early stages, traction with users is typically um, business critical. So in those instances, getting more monthly active users, for example, or, or getting more people to trial your service, for example, and metrics like that, that are just fundamental to you raising your next round or fundamental to getting enough input from users so that you can have a viable model make sense. When you're a little further on your path, again, depending on your model, you may actually look at things like lifetime value. A lot of financial services companies, for example, should care about lifetime value because it's actually less about what you spend with the company now, more about over time, what the value of that that customer is to you as a company. If you're an e-commerce startup, e-commerce conversion rates and things that have a direct impact on your commercial outcomes matter. So designing that dashboard for the business impact based on your current phase, based on your current reality and your current priority areas is the way to go because those are the metrics that then move either up and down or nowhere. And then you can start kind of dissecting the other metrics a lot more. I want to look at this from the opposite point of view. You had a very top-down approach. I'll approach it from a bottom-up. What I've seen in most teams and with most marketers, the maturity when it comes to measurement and analytics starts at the very basic. We had 100,000 page views or we had 37,000 unique visitors this month and so on. Then the second level of maturity is starting to measure the impact of online advertising or specific pieces and looking at the click-through rates. You see this a lot in email marketing as well, like how many opens, how many people clicked my emails and which subject generates the higher uh, open rates and so on. The third level of sophistication is starting to measure the cost per acquisition. And this is typically done in a very siloed way by looking at specific channels. But the overall goal is to not so much look at how individual pieces of ads are performing, but looking at the overall cost that you have invested in a specific channel or an approach or a strategy and looking at how that translates to a certain number of business outcomes. 
in the form of new customer acquisition and so on. And at the fourth level, at the top of this is uh, the lifetime value. How long are our customers likely to stay with us? And over the course of being our customers, how much money are they likely to spend with us? And I think everybody is somewhere in between and you have to pick the right set of metrics and tools to be able to map out your marketing activities to your business outcomes. Yeah, and I think that's the key, really. It's you don't have to measure everything. And a lot of these tools and systems out there will will basically play on, you know, you can measure more data points with us. You can measure more holistically. You can measure this and you can measure that. When you're evaluating tools, in my personal opinion, it matters actually a lot more about does this tool give me the exact information that I need? Or if it's a dashboarding tool that we're looking for, does it provide the option to integrate um, the critical aspects of what I want to measure myself? So again, if you look at some of the examples that you were talking about earlier, you know whether it is lifetime value, for example, you may actually need some of your internal data to be integrated into the mix to be able to calculate that at a dashboard level really well. So am I working with a tool that enables me to import that data in there or build an API connection or something like that? This is a very interesting point. I want to start by talking about the difference between metrics and KPI because they are often used interchangeably. In my mind, KPIs are the three or four numbers that you have chosen to track diligently and have decided that they have a impact on your business outcomes. Whereas the metrics are individual data points. So it's important to build your dashboard based on the KPIs. And then the individual users of those dashboards can decide which metrics are more important for them and choose to expand the dashboards that are available to them by integrating those metrics. When it comes to specific tools, I'll talk a little bit about web analytics because that's the easiest place to start typically. I used to use Google Analytics quite a lot, but with tools such as Google Analytics privacy and collection and usage of data, starting to become a big issue around the world. And I've been seeing this rise of privacy first analytics tools that doesn't actually do things like fingerprinting, trying to deduce who you are based on your browser screen resolution and things like that. Two of these tools, uh, the one I really like, and we use it on strategy and sourdough.com as well, is Plausible Analytics. It's an EU-based startup that focuses on privacy-first analytics. And the other one is uh, Fathom Analytics, which is a US-based company that also focuses on privacy-first. When it comes to tracking a little bit more detail than the visits and conversions on your websites and integrating with different platforms, a very popular tool is Segment. Segment is essentially a data warehouse and a set of APIs that allows you to collect the data from different touch points, whether it's your customer support tool or your online advertising or your website, and build a holistic view of what exactly happening across different platforms that you own. And I think this sort of practical approach to dashboards is, is a very, very useful one. So I like that sort of notion of data warehouse type platforms again, because I, I often talk about this concept called metrics that matter. So to your point, metrics are just metrics unless they're tied to some KPIs, for example, or I often call, call them metrics that matters because especially in startups, you have 
maybe a hundred things that you can influence. But if they don't, at the end of the day, ladder down to what matters today, depending on how long your runway is, the other metrics really don't matter. <laughs> so for example, I've been working with a company now, their metric that matters is simply unit revenue. So in their particular business, unit revenue is what matters because that's where profitability at the end of the day comes from. So everything, every decision in marketing, every decision on business, every decision that happens on weekly growth calls and things like that, the question gets asked, is this going to ultimately in some shape or form influence one of the metrics that matter for us, which is unit revenue. And as the company gets more mature, that metric that matter may change. I love that point. I love the metrics that matter slogan as well. I actually checked if anybody owns that domain name. Unfortunately, somebody does. But yeah, the biggest challenge in analytics, I think, is figuring out what to measure in the first place. And I think metric that matters is an attempt to um, clarify the importance of figuring out what matters for your business. And unfortunately, I don't think there's a silver bullet that applies to every business or every situation. And it's also a little bit difficult to have a single metric that clearly maps to your business goals because whether your goals are short-term or long-term, whether your goals are getting more customers or retaining churning customers, your metrics are going to change. So this is a conversation that needs to keep going on rather than a one-time decision that you make at the beginning and live with it for the rest of the time. No, they need to change. I think a good cadence is quarterly in the startup world because, again, length of runway is really a key determining factor. But I also wouldn't advise them to change too quickly because otherwise you're constantly changing your mix of marketing and your mix of activities to drive you know, that particular metric that matters at that point in time. And also, I think it's worth noting that as your company grows, the metric that ultimately matters is going to be made up of other things that ladder up to it. So to your earlier point, you know, if you're already an established business, you already have a customer base to reduce churn, you're going to have a metric that matters there, you know, mm -hmm. and that's going to be made up of, of multiple things. And you can actually start figuring out some of the optimization metrics that we spoke about earlier that are almost leading indicators then of people that may who may churn and the sort of more the analytics part of it becomes more complicated then, you know, if you have mm -hmm. a metric that matters that really shows you what our churn is right now. And if you have the components of that, you can start determining different models of, okay, here's a customer group here where we're seeing some behavior that may lead into churn down the line and you can already prevent that from happening. Versus at the same company, you may have a customer acquisition team that has a totally different metric that matters. And all of these metrics that matter then probably lead into the CEO and the ultimately the leadership team looking at final metric that really matters. So all of this is coming back to what you mentioned earlier. When you work on dashboards, when you work on what matters, you have to focus a report and a dashboard for all those audiences that need to know only what they need to know. Exactly. The churn team, the acquisition team, the CEO, the marketing head, they, they all have different things that matter. And it's really about figuring out what matters to those people that are looking at those reports and really making business decisions and getting the right data in front of them, ideally in real time, so that those decisions can happen. I'm not sure about the real time. I think sometimes the real time thing is overrated and it leads to believing that you can actually act in real time. But the cadence of data uh, depends on how fast you can act on it. And sometimes it's detrimental to have real time data because it can be misleading if you are failing to see the big picture because you are focusing too much on a single 
detail. What I found out that really helps in looking at data is whoever put the data together in the first place needs to have an evaluation or an assessment and take a stab at generating the insights that comes with it before presenting that data. Because without the insights, the data in itself is not entirely valuable because we wouldn't know what to do with it. If I am the CEO and if a marketer is presenting me with the reports of a marketing campaign, I want to know what the marketer thinks has happened, what the hypothesis was, and what does the data tell happened, and what do they plan to do about that. So I think I think a few bullet points on the insights that you generate from that data are super useful, almost essential to using the data effectively for driving growth. Yeah, so it's almost like the why question. You have a metric that matters or you have a KPI, as you mentioned them earlier, the three or four numbers in there. They might have gone up. We might have fallen short from the targets that we, we set ourselves. What do you think happened that caused these results? Yes, exactly. I see that missing so many times. Sometimes it's the growth is seasonal. The sales went up because Christmas is coming, right? And without that context, or if you're not aware of what's happening, there's no way for you to attribute the growth in sales to what caused that sales in the first place. So in itself, looking at the data may not always be helpful on its own without the analysis that comes with it. Let's assume that we've come up with a set of KPIs or a set of metrics that matter. The other thing is knowing what success looks like ahead of the activity. Because so often you see these results getting presented and it's too clear that this is just a reverse engineered way of making something look good. And also what's sometimes useful, sometimes not, is this notion of industry benchmarks. Okay, our lifetime value is X and it's now 20% higher than industry benchmark. I actually find it far more useful to make your own benchmarks as a company. So working backwards on your business fundamentals, let's use the unit revenue as an example. At the end of the day, that's what mattered to this particular company, right? Working backwards from them, they know what the unit revenue needs to be for them to be profitable. And therefore, if we are at certain level, we can start giving ourselves goals. You know, Maybe we don't have to hit the profitability level this month yet because we're focused more on user acquisition and therefore we're spending more money upfront on that and therefore ROI is probably a little lower, for example, upfront. But knowing where we need to be next month, next quarter, this year is going to be what you measure your success against, not whether you absolutely had a 1,000% increase on something or not. Are we hitting the goals and the targets that our business planning processes or our market planning processes identified for us is really, really important. So a question. I've often seen results, for example, where you may be using one analytics tool or one, let's call it web analytics, for example, and you use another one and you look at the two results, same exact parameters, same exact time, same exact use case. Numbers are different. Fantastic question. <laughs> what do you do? I don't have a perfect answer. My perfect answer to this or closer, my answer to this would be don't rely too much on the data that you get from others and that you can't really audit. I think the best source of data is the one that you have. And even then, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I think with all the online ad fraud that happens on places like programmatic advertising, or even the Facebook occasionally realizing that they have 
misreported in air quotes their metrics and they weren't actually what they said they were should make you stop and think about the accuracy and the reliability of the data that you are getting from other sources. So probably a good approach to deal with this would be trust, but verify. Take a look at the data. Don't take it at face value. Try to cross-reference it with other data sources and use it more of an approximation rather than an absolute number. But at the end of the day, Trust your instincts and your knowledge of the business to make decisions, not the absolute numbers that you see on the page. Yeah, and also different analytics tools, for example, may use slightly different methodologies in how they calculate data, for example. How somebody, using the example of web analytics, for example, there, there may be discrepancies of how one tool accounts for a page visit, for example, versus another one. There may be a time-based mm-hmm. component to it and other ones. You can be pretty sure that your, those results are compatible. Exactly. So they are more useful in seeing the trend over time, like a video rather than a snapshot at a specific point, like a photograph. So even if your tool is not providing you 100% accurate data, the same amount of inaccuracy would be there the next month. So you probably can get a good sense of what exactly is happening in terms of the trend going up or down by looking at the same tool, like you mentioned. Okay, so we've spoken about a lot of things. Measuring makes the funnel tangible. And that's really the why behind all of this. So we've spoken about the marketing funnel. It's a great tool for you to plan your market activities and um, setting specific ways to measure all the activities really makes that funnel very, very tangible. And we spoke about three different things to measure, I should say. The first is the business impact of all the marketing activity that you do. Then you measure the marketing effectiveness. And finally, the actual optimization metrics, which are more designed to measure the effectiveness of individual tactics and whether they are working or not. And it's very useful to keep these three things in mind when we're building different dashboards because different audiences have very different things that matter to them when it comes to metrics. So business stakeholders may actually want to only look at the more business impact, marketing teams, more the marketing effectiveness, and then your day-to-day teams may actually want the optimization metrics so that they can make the marketing at the end of the day work harder, work better. So starting with the question of who is this for is very, very useful in building dashboards so that we avoid what you called data puke, which is basically just showing a whole bunch of different data points that don't actually matter. So what are the different metrics then that actually we should be looking at? So business impact metrics are things like lifetime value, monthly active users, e-commerce conversion rates, all of these things that actually have a tangible impact on your business. The optimization metrics are more like click-through rates, video completion rates that actually give you a picture of whether an individual execution was working as hard as it could have. And then finally, marketing effectiveness is more of a return on investment or return on marketing spend time measurements, which is cost per acquisitions, cost per sale, things like that. And then we also spoke about the massive difference between metrics and KPIs. And KPIs, we also use the term metrics that matter. Those are the three or four numbers that you diligently tracked and that, that have re- a real impact on your business. Metrics are just data points that make up these metrics that matter. And when we look at different tools, there are actually some of these new tools that have come out there that focus on privacy first. So you mentioned plausible analytics, Fathom analytics. And another very useful tool is a data warehousing tool called Segment. So essentially, it has a set of APIs. You can connect different sources and then you create your own formulas to basically uh, derive your metrics that matter and figure out what matters to your business. 
And at the end of the day, when you're presenting data and insights, it's the insights part that matters, not the data itself. So asking the why question, what do you actually think happened across this? And you mentioned the example around seasonality or holiday seasons. You may have, you could have done anything and the results went up anyway. So you don't want to be looking at the wrong conclusions of why something worked. You want the context uh, behind the numbers. And then setting your own benchmarks helps in all of this. So relying less on industry benchmarks, setting your own benchmarks that are derived directly from what you need to achieve within your runway for your startup. And then finally, we spoke about data trust and data reliability. So rely most on the data that you own and can audit. And when you're looking at data from sources that other people own, you can trust the data, but you want to figure out ways that you can verify it. And often then over time, using the same tools to measure month on month will we'll provide you more reliable data that you can make some real educated decisions around. That's a fantastic summary. To wrap things up, when it comes to data and analytics, it's one of those chicken and egg situations. Like you can't run a business without having access to reliable data that represents what exactly is happening. But over-reliance on the data can become a problem as well, because at the end of the day, it's up to you to interpret that data, generate the insights and take action on it. So I think figuring out that sweet spot between using the right amount of data and bringing together the right set of tools, but knowing when to stop looking at the data and start making some decisions is up to you as a founder or a marketer. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Honor. It's been a great discussion as always. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Strategy and Sourdough. We'd love to get any feedback, questions, or topic suggestions you may have. Drop us a line at hello at strategyandsourdough.com. 